Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Frontier Beyond Fear blog talk radio program. I'm Susan Larison Dans, and today is Saturday, March 5th, 2022. And I know that many of us are coming to this time, which will prove to be quite historic with quite heavy hearts, given what we are observing in the world. I do want to remind people that it's horrible to see what we're seeing on really any news channel that you turn on, whatever its persuasion is in the Ukraine. And yet, There are so many images we haven't seen from other places as well, very horrendous as well. And so I do want to start the program out by recognizing that disrespect for human life and dignity and outright brutality is a very, very daunting, challenging thing in the world today that clearly remains with us and has been with us throughout human history. Today, my theme is spiritual strength because I feel it is so very important to be reminded of just what sorts of resources we have available to us when we open our hearts to spirituality. I was reflecting recently, within the last 24 hours, what are the most daunting issues that we face? And the first thing, I mean, just in this moment, surprisingly, having grown up myself in the 70s and the 80s, I wanted to say the number one issue that we face right now is actually nuclear annihilation. That was the conclusion that I came to, and we were right back to where we were in those days. And But then I thought about it some more, and I thought of many other things. Starvation, um, the loss of pollinators is a really huge thing. It isn't discussed much, but um, really a lot of people 
in the history of the planet, both um, because of um, dictatorial and violent leaders um, and also other things have, a lot of things in history have resulted in the starvation of great masses of people. And so that's a big thing. There are many things. Another issue is lack of energy dependency, lack of reliable um, resources in the midst of extreme cold and extreme heat because that is also very important. This, If you look at the history of civilization being exposed to either especially extreme cold, we think about, um, but extreme heat, which is showing up more and more, is also an issue. Um, it's a big deal. I know this is often characterized in various ways, but at the core of it all, this is a big issue. But overriding, and there are many other things that I could say here, overriding all of this is the denigration of spirituality favoring the insistence without any consideration of wavering or fact or study of the materialistic worldview. That is our number one issue from which everything else has flowed, at least in the current world that we're in today. It has resulted in rampant, reckless development of things that ultimately could end human life and all other life on Earth, well, maybe not all, but a significant amount, literally in an instant. I sat here on Thursday night and literally watched the incredible stupidity of warfare near a nuclear plant. And oh my goodness, there are all these theories coming up around that. Let's just put that aside. Because the dangers of having this kind of reckless development, which happened long ago, and we're talking about nuclear weaponry as well, which we'll get to in a minute, due to ignorance. It's due to developing what we can, when we can, and maybe because we think we must. All of this has at its core an abandonment of heart-based, loved-based, compassion-based spirituality, an abandonment of the tools that could help us work with our fears. Spirituality is incredibly important, and now we must turn to it for our inner strength and courage and whatever it is that we can do to help 
in this world in which we find ourselves, but we must start with filling our own cups first as best we can with the strength that we can discover and with the faith. I'd like to quote Martin Luther King Jr. And with all people, you know, so rarely do you hear the dates of his life. And I think that's important as I always list that for every author, even though some of them may be less well-known to you. Martin Luther King Jr. lived from 1929 to its tragic end in 1998. This is a very short quote. Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. That is an extremely powerful quote. And I want to tell you why. Not just because it sounds that way on the surface, but it is at the core of so many things. When we have that faith, when we have that spiritual center, we don't have to see what's beyond the door to trust. To trust that somehow we will get there. And if we're not meant to get there, then there's a reason for that as well. I'm sure he would have liked to have seen, Martin Luther King would have loved to have seen the fruits of his labors. And we can never know what a soul journey is and when a person is meant to be here and when they're not. And we have to trust in that as well. We seem to never know. I mean, I think so many of us have been taken by surprise by this situation in the world. I do think, once again, because I have a diverse audience and I respect that so much because there have been some really heartbreaking, brutal things happening in other parts of the world too. People starving as well and all kinds of um, utter disrespect for fellow human beings. And we can't just focus in one place because it's reaching us somehow more in certain parts of the world and deny that war is awful wherever it happens. And sadly, children have died and you know, lives are being lost in so many different ways. And it has been that way. So one of the things we need to think about is this has been the human condition. In the subject for today's show, I want to explain a word because it's often misinterpreted. I use the word materialistic. And actually, 
I would include on my list of issues that we face a more traditional um, view of materialist and materialism, meaning, meaning trying to keep or gain some resource, which often has to do with power as well, that this has greatly um, caused all kinds of difficulties, but it comes naturally out of human difficulties where people are trying to survive. And you have to go back to that core to see the human struggle through the centuries. And could spirituality have helped us to live in a different way? I truly believe that was a possible path for us. And still is. The type of materialism I'm talking about in the subject of the show is where you have a strictly, stubbornly, intolerantly, and often truthfully, illogically view, illogical, having trouble speaking today because it's, it's a powerful time that we're, we're living in and I have some things to say, and they don't always come out directly as easily as I'd like. Clinging to a worldview where only the material world, as you feel it should be, and as you think that you see it without ever even studying anything else, the strictly mechanistic material worldview based on both intolerance and misconceptions. And it leads to recklessness. Not always, but it can. There have certainly been some powerful developments that have come out of industrialization and technology and science as it's defined. Many people equate materialism with science, but that's not actually science. That is one school of science, but true science is the pursuit of truth. It is not um, imposing a view without considering alternatives. That is not science. Science is about discovery. Many discoveries have been made not by the majority, but by one discoverer, one or two, or sometimes simultaneously people will discover things, which is often interesting, like the world is just ready for it. And then more and more people see that, yes, this is the truth, and they change their definition of the truth. How we understand what is true about our world and about the universe and the multiverse continually expanding. So one paradigm will replace another And this is the history of science. 
you know, I was going to read a little bit of it, but in preparing for today's show, it's too complicated. I was looking at, you know, I opened these books just to see what might come up, and there was an essay by William James, which was really interesting, about um, he thought the hostility, he, he was questioning this view of, and I'm paraphrasing here, of being so hostile, really, to to new things, to that that he was literally questioning what we've come to know as just the way the scientific method works. And I actually agree that this hostility is not helpful and the derision that comes with it, the mocking. I mean, it's really the reverse of what Galileo faced years ago Um, because it's not based on open-mindedness to true discovery. And when you become so puritanical, and that's a good word for it, in your approach, it becomes like a dogma or a religion, one could call it. It becomes dogmatic and intolerant, and it hinders discovery. The other thing that has hindered discovery is um, monopolies, wanting things to go a certain way. And so you don't have as full and rich of discovery as you could have because of funding models and what people are exploring. And that can be in a wide range of things, including exploring more closely the fundamental nature of our world. Only recently are we hearing more that um, scientists are proposing that maybe this world is a game or an illusion or a simulation of some higher intelligence, which is fascinating. That's actually a sign of opening up, even if they can only conceive of it in very limited terms based on a rather strict and boxed-in worldview. Open those boundaries up and things become wide open as to what discovery may find for us. So what does this have to do with spiritual strength? I know I'm deviating a bit from the theme, but it's all a part of it. Spirituality, to me, and I wasn't always this spiritual, not by any means was I like this my whole life. Spirituality is the center of finding that resilience you need to go on. It doesn't mean you can't somehow make it through the storm without it. Of course some people can, but it makes it so much more difficult. It's like trudging in mud. Not to say it's a walk in the park for anyone. But you are incredibly hindered in your human journey if you are lacking this awareness of the miraculous world, which does exist. 
and many people have seen the evidence of it. And one of these days, we'll manage to get that through so powerfully that it will become a part of science, which is the pursuit of truth. Many of us in the spiritual domain are scientists or came from scientific or technological paths. And when we open up more, and I'm not sure what it will take, we will get there if we're meant to get there. A lot of people are wondering right now if we're really going to make it. I don't know. I don't know if humanity will make it. We've gone down some really dark paths. Some small groups may, or maybe we will, manage to do it on a larger scale. But I think we're seeing right now just how much danger there is in the world. Could a miracle occur? Of course, a miracle could always occur. When you have faith, you know that this is true, and you've seen evidence of it. Many people have seen it, for example, physically with illness, although it can be unpredictable how this occurs. Things that you cannot explain, that just amazing things that have happened. And yes, studies have been done on the power of prayer. Why would that make any difference? We need more studies like that, but see, we're afraid of them. And we need more recognition. And this is hard because I know that um, things rapidly become dogmatic in terms of which form of spirituality. I get that because I've come from multiple paths. I'm aware of multiple paths. I know that this program goes out to all parts of the world where there are different ways of viewing spirituality. And I hope that we can, in hopes for the survival of the best of humanity, when we are at our passionate best, our love-based best. The golden rule exists, but I may do a show on this specifically. I don't think I've done it yet. I've thought about it. I just haven't done it on how the golden rule appears in almost every religious path, religion and spiritual How we treat other people is important. And that's reassuring. We need to find that place. This is going to be a time of tremendous trust. Trust is a very important part of what can help us right now. I have talked to agnostics online in the past. I used to even debate. Um, and, and the interesting thing is within the world of atheism, they now define agnosticism where you're not sure 
within their realm. So there's kind of, I've always thought there was sort of a difference that atheism was strictly absolutely no, that there is nothing, no divine, nothing beyond the materialistic world. But an agnosticism is more, I can't say. But one of the things that is difficult, and everybody faces this, even within their spiritual paths, is the why. And one of the most difficult things about getting over that mountain of doubt regarding is there something more to this world that meets the eye, a divine, however you define it. Maybe you can't define it as God. You know, the word God is difficult to define, and people see it in different ways. The thing that blocks us is exactly what we're seeing in the world right now, the darkness, the shadow. Because the question that arises is why? How could there be any kind of benign higher intelligence? And that's a good way to define it because it's so difficult to define what this is, this higher space. How could that coexist with so much darkness and brutality? In fact, atheists and agnostics may be born in this very moment as you're watching what's going on, the horrors of war. You know, they took some newsreels during World War II, but you really didn't see it live on television every night or every day. It's on 24 hours probably. If I were up, I know it's on late. And let me once again remind you that awful, awful things have been going on in other parts of the world, too, for a very long time. This is not new. It's just new for some of us because we just haven't. It's it's very visceral right now. And it's it's. It's in a way kind of sad that it's taken this for us to see it. Because what? Did we not see other awful things happening? I mean, even in Afghanistan right now, we don't even know what's going on there, but I I can it's not good. It's not good. And I fear that many are starving there as well. And that's just one example. Picking up a book which I have not read, and one of these days I am going to read this whole book about Rwanda. And I can never say her name exactly right, but the story of Immaculate Ilib... Ah, darn it, I should have it in front of me. Ilibajiza, close. Just look up Immaculate um, in Rwanda. One of these days, I'm going to have a quote from her. And she went through an incredible journey living in Rwanda, which was her home. And what happened when neighbors and friends turned against each other in this horrible, horrific, brutal situation. And her story is even more challenging and daunting for so many to accept because it has to do with forgiveness. And we're not even going to get to that point today, how you get to that point. 
because it's a difficult thing to know in this world. How can you stand against brutality and also find a space of forgiveness? And the core way is knowing that the shadow always arises from pain, fear, and imperfection. Anyone who brutalizes anyone else is a suffering, broken human being. I mean, that's basically, it comes from brokenness. It always comes from brokenness. The live show is about to go down because I I think I'm wise in defining these to be about 30 minutes. I am going to go a little over today. So thank you, live audience, for being here. I once again appreciate that Blog Talk Radio has supported this show by having it on their homepage while it's been live. And you'll be able to hear the rest in the podcast if you're listening live. Or go to FrontierBeyondFear.com where you can find out more. And this episode will be there too. So back to brokenness. This actually does help us with the whys. Why, 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 why is this happening? This is a program about fear. The theme of this show has always been about fear. Fear is at the root of just about everything dysfunctional. And some of it is very understandable because, you know, you're afraid, for example, that you won't find what you need to eat. That's a natural fear. That is survival. And at the core of much of this is that basic survival instinct in a world where we feel like there are not enough resources, whatever your world is. And you can see this if you look at history. One of the things that's sad about history, or at least recent, relatively recent history, because it's very hard to know what the long past history is, if there have been other civilizations on the earth that we don't even know about. You know, we claim to know so much, and yet there are many more discoveries to be made. And I think one of these days we're going to discover that things were not always as we thought they were. But the thing that is troubling is how so much is described by the history of weaponry. And how, oh, you know, here at this point we entered the Bronze Age because, you know, this was a more powerful way of making weapons. Oh, sure, it may have produced some other sorts of tools. But this path that we have been on for a very, very long time has reached the place that we're at today because of fear, because of survival. Because people want to take power over others. And yes, there are broken people in the world that do this in brutal, horrible, power-hungry ways. But even that, at some root, 
arose out of fear that you're not going to have enough, whatever enough is. The fundamental premise of this program, as it has existed for so many years, even though many times we haven't really been studying the fundamental premise, and I appreciate that we've come back to that. And I appreciate this core group of listeners that is staying with the scene. This show isn't as flashy as it once was. You don't have the the latest book or the latest guest. It's not meant to be that anymore. That that's one of the reasons why I just love how I'm using the original music again because this is how this program started and it's going back even though I have changed. It's not going backwards. It's going back to some of its core values. Let's put it that way. Even as I have changed in the way that I see things, just as we all change and grow. A decade is a long time of human experience, although hardly anything in the if you look at the history of humanity, but we all learn and grow. And yes, I am using the same musical theme as I did Soon after the beginning, I didn't even have any theme at the beginning. I didn't have the time. It was so spontaneous. I didn't add it. But this is not about, let's get away from just this show. This is about our hearts. This is about finding the strength to face what may be ahead. Finding the faith and the trust and why spirituality can help us so very much. I mean, it can help us with everything. If we close our minds to the spiritual as we're looking out upon the universe, you know, we've got new ways of seeing farther now. You know, we're finding new planets and things. And yet, very boxed-in, limited materialists only want to talk about technological development and things like that, like that defines an advanced civilization. Some of them may be spiritual, but you rarely hear it. And yet the true development of a civilization, the true development could happen without any technological or industrial advancement at all. You could be in a forest and develop spiritually and be far more advanced than anything that technology could provide. I mean, honestly, I have to tell you, on my list, I'm not giving you my whole list of things that are um, challenges that we face. A really large one comes from outside of the planet. Solar flares are huge. I mean, if you've studied the Carrington event, for example, and what that did to electrical wires at the time, we would be shut down. It would be like the movie, the original from the 50s, which I appreciate better. It would be like the day the earth stood still, and we would be set all the way back to the beginning. And yes, EMPs can come in different ways as well, through man, man-made efforts, including nuclear. All of these things are harsh and would 
have significant effects on our ability to keep warm, our ability to get cool enough if it's too hot, depending on where you live in the world, and our ability to eat, which is really pretty important, isn't it? And yes, of course, all sorts of medical things would be gone. This is why it's unfortunate that we haven't worked more on other types of healing. Even though so many people have experienced things that they can't explain with their loved ones, with themselves, with their family members. And we just don't even touch that because it's taboo, because it's not materialism. And yet there are cultures who no doubt have developed in that area. In terms of communications, there are no doubt planets out there where they are telepathic because they've spent the time to develop that, or even within a tiny region. And if you want to shield the planet from, say, an asteroid, nothing would work better than telekinesis if you can develop that. And yet that is mocked and derided and laughed about. Ha, ha, ha. It's sad. It's sad how we have denigrated the real tools that could be available to us. And also to create that most important thing of peace, starting with inner peace and inner strength and compassion and, yes, freedom. Far too often, spirituality is used to say we're all the same and should be the same. That is not an accurate view when you look at experience on planet Earth. We are here to grow as souls, and every single person is an individual, and every single person has a unique human experience. And that is why we're here. I believe that at a higher level we chose to be here and we knew that this was going to be a really challenging place to grow. And that is my belief that we that's why we're here. But it doesn't make it any easier. And it doesn't make me any less frustrated with why sometimes. Like, why would we do that? I mean, what's wrong with, you know, it's the the common question. What is wrong with it all? Why would you allow such darkness to exist? It always comes down to choice in almost every spiritual view that if there were no free choice, well then, the divine would just be enforced upon you, whatever that reality is. There would be no choice. There would be no soul journey. There would just be uniformity. There would be no real purpose for this human existence because we are individuals, and yes, we are in community, and we respect that and understand that, but we Far too often stray 
from the importance of our individual journeys of growth. The other thing that we often do, those of us who are spiritual, is, and it's really hard, in this introduction to the show, in the description, I talked about growing our courage. I'm not nearly as courageous as I'd like to be. Authenticity is really challenging. And one area where I feel many of us do not do as well as we can, but we are imperfectly making our way, is in conveying the importance of spirituality. Standing up for it. And also teaching more. Far too often... Our children, for example, are in a materialistic educational system that doesn't give them all the resources they need. And it's very easy, and I've done this too, you don't want to force something on another generation. To me, any kind of forced, you really can't force it, is the point. You cannot force spirituality onto someone. They come to it in their own way. But I do feel we are failing in the way that we are teaching. And I don't know the answer for that. Because as long as materialists so strictly hold the reins, so to speak, of everything and are so intolerant and getting worse by the day, and claiming that they own science when they don't, science is owned by truth. It is not owned by a particular view of it. And it changes every decade. It changes all the time. We would be so much farther along if we were open to discovery. And we've shut that down in so many ways. We need to open it up. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's too late. Is it ever too late when you've seen a miracle with healing, for example? Of course it's never too late. But sometimes some societies maybe can't make it. I am of the belief that when it comes to other planets, for example, most technological societies do not make it if they rely on that alone, if they do not evolve beyond a materialistic phase, if they go through one, I don't believe they can easily survive that because most of them probably destroy themselves or they'll be powerless against something like a solar flare that's very large or an asteroid. They just wouldn't have the resources and they would... Be too, um, they would be chasing after things that are not important in their own development. So, how do we find more inner peace? It's a day-to-day journey. We have all been through it. We're all going through it right now. Everybody I know in the spiritual community is impacted by what's going on. 
it is not a perfect journey. Maybe some people on this earth have done a little bit better, better, but you know what? If you look at their honest discussions of how they really felt, they were scared too. They were imperfect too. They were growing too. And, you know, so often this imperfection, you can think of it as also perfect in a way and that it's meant to be. We're not meant. If we were meant, to know everything in an instant and just have it all solved just like that, I don't think we'd be here on this planet. Or if we were, we'd be pretty close to done with whatever the experience was because we have that somewhere else. The greater reality is like that, I believe. It's just that we're in a limited place here and on purpose. There has to be a reason. The minute you say there is no reason, that's when you become an atheist. And you can be, let's talk about atheism again for those of you listening who may be atheists. I never know who's listening. I hope some of you are. A lot of people are atheists with respect to a particular definition of God. There are so many definitions of God or the divine out there that you're, everybody's an atheist with respect to probably a large number, more than you can count. The key is really opening up and maybe letting yourself be open to awareness and love and something greater without having to define it in such a way that it just drives you another direction. You have to be open to what is real. And maybe you won't have all the answers. I know some of you feel like you found all the answers. You know, in an early part of this show, when it first started, I used to talk a lot about hell, for example. In fact, I have you know, a history of writing about this years ago, even um, on discussion forums. That's how this program started. Um, I used to write in a Christian apologetics forum. I used to write on Oprah, and some of that writing got surfaced pretty high. It wasn't always on this topic, but it had to do with, you know, how could the notion of hell as defined... Um, not just within Christianity, there are other worldviews that have it, be consistent with a truly loving God or divine. And that is a big and honest question that it's okay to ask. You know, so often we're told within certain um, religious systems that you're not supposed to question, and that actually isn't a part of it. I don't. I can't speak for all of them, to be fair. But I know, certainly within Christianity, if that is your view, if you come from evangelical roots, you are encouraged to question. Was it Jacob that wrestled with an angel? I think so, unless I'm misremembering that story. You are encouraged to question. It's natural for us to question. We only grow by questioning. The big question I always asked about hell is how could anyone possibly be happy in heaven 
if their loved ones are suffering in hell? And there's no answer to that question. You could be deceived into thinking that your loved ones are in heaven, but if they're really suffering, there's no good answer. Because the compassionate human heart can't conceive of that much brutality. And I know that's difficult to think about for people. And it was for me too. So if you're an atheist, the first step is opening up your awareness. Can people be misled? Oh, yes. On this planet, there's far too much of that. Do we fully understand what's out there spiritually? Nope, we don't. Within multiple spiritual ways of thinking about things you care about you know lower vibrational things what is that you know something that's not that's not quite aligned with the light you know can those things be out there conceivably yes we don't understand everything but what did we start with faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Martin Luther King Jr. We, you know, one. I I may need to do another show on First Corinthians thirteen. I know I've done it several times, but I'm feeling that again. It it always comes back to that passage. How we see things incompletely here. We came here to see things imperfect, in, incompletely, and it can seem imperfect on purpose. We have things to learn. If we didn't have things to learn, and I mean, yes, society, society's for I really am struggling with words today, but that's because I'm really feeling it. Um, as a society, we grow. But societies are made up of individuals. Don't let anyone take that away. I firmly believe in my entire spiritual experience has been based on an individual observing the greater whole and knowing that the divine is omnipresent and that this love is so omnipresent. But you are still you. Our stories matter. Every story matters. Your life matters. You matter. You are beloved. You are loved as you are, who you are. And there is nobody else like you. Whoever is listening, you are loved as exactly who you are. It doesn't matter what the past has been. You are loved. And you're you. We lose sight of this too quickly. I believe that our stories, this aspect that we are that is growing because we're within the omnipresent divine, which is everywhere and including in us. 
But it's not dominating who we are. We are free. We are choosing. Don't let that be taken away. There are some very dark things on the earth right now that try to say your path doesn't matter. Your path does matter. But you're also, yes, in a society, it's a balance. The most balanced, wonderful society would know how to balance those two things. That you are a part of the whole, but you are also you and to respect you. When someone lies to you, they don't respect you. When someone misrepresents something intentionally, wanting to mislead you, and a lot of people are just ignorant and they don't even know, that's different. A truly advanced society would respect truth and different points of view. It would respect individuality and discovery and be open to what that is because every single person is on an individual journey, even in the midst of a greater whole, both in balance. I'm nearing the hour now. And I think that a number of topics have been introduced today that we will continue to grow in future episodes. I was going to read another poem today, but I think I'll let that wait. I'm going back to Martin Luther King. Not a poem, a very simple thing that he said. Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see 